What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. And here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady and he caught ball. Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Goes toward the end. Battle in. Intercepted, picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome, everybody, to the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. We are the Salty Dogs. We are. And we necessarily uh, probably are setting a bit of a somber mood to start this one? Somewhat, yeah, not not a bit. I'd say a lot. You can't – this is a podcast that talks primarily about football. Right. We do have some other tangents. Sure. But it's hard to talk about the NFL right now about anything other than DeMar Hamlin and the horrible events of Monday Night Football. It was very surreal watching it. And and I have to say that um, it was certainly uncharted waters for the network, um, for ESPN, and how they were going to handle that. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a pretty decent job with it. Well, they certainly think so because everybody was patting themselves on the back on Twitter last night. Yeah. <laughs> which I hardly yeah. felt was the important part of what was going on. No, no. I think that, that – and, you know – you know, when people say, oh, you should have canceled the game immediately and this and that, there's a lot of factors that go into all of it. I think uh, the suspension of the game was this. That's that's just how you tell people, hey, we're just stopping right now. They got to the right place. Sure. Uh, just in case somebody, anybody listening doesn't know, which would seem hard to believe. Right. Bills, <clears throat> Monday Night Football, Bills in Cincinnati, uh, Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin looks what – Makes what looks like a pretty routine tackle yep. on T. Higgins. I'd say so. Uh, and stands up and then a second later collapses and goes into cardiac arrest. And had to, they had to restore his heartbeat on the field with CPR. Mm-hmm. And obviously he was taken to a hospital where the reports, and obviously the family is, it's up to the family when and what to put out. Sure. The Hamlin family. And they, they have made a few statements. So basically all we know, and all we have the right to know until they feel like telling us more is that he's in critical condition mm-hmm. and that he's been sedated correct so they're trying to stabilize and they're him. calling him a fighter yes which sounds like somebody that's still in trouble mm-hmm. if well if, if you're in criti- if you're listed critical that's usually yeah. it okay that's fair too um yeah i think i you know it's it you we we've done this for a very long time and and injuries are expected you you know it's but that type of injury you know, I'm curious to see how it plays out down the road if there was an underlying condition somewhere that, you know. That's certainly possible, but I think I saw a lot of reporting on it that seemed to think that it was, you know, I think T. Higgins' helmet hit him in the chest, and then you can just receive a blow to the chest in just the right way that mm-hmm. causes some sort and I don't remember the term because it was very complicated, but it causes some sort of heart 
issue mm-hmm. where you can be totally healthy, right. but it can stop your heart. Yeah, it throws off the heartbeat. Okay. So. Well, I mean, it's terrifying. I don't even know how a player feels right now, just any random player in the league. They're all tough. Yeah. They all know the risks, but mm-hmm. they, you've never seen anything like this before. No, and I think, too, it's also that um, it's it kind of just brings you into focus of what can happen, you know, just like all of a sudden – you're expecting different injuries, but an injury like that, uh, I don't recall seeing something like that before. We've seen some pretty scary uh, well, situations. Yeah, I mean, we see we see the kind of gruesome guy gets twisted a weird mm-hmm. way and it messes up his leg. And I don't, I don't like to even look at that stuff, but at least you understand what's going on. And we've seen, like Ryan Shazier, somebody suffers, a, you know, a hit, hit sure. something with their spine in there. Right at least temporarily paralyzed. But you can look at it and go, I see what happened there. You know, it's awful that that happened, but I understand. Right. And players have known that that kind of thing could happen for a long time, but nobody's seen this before. No. And so it adds a whole nother level of worry, I guess. Although I understand it obviously has to be an incredibly rare thing to happen because we've never sure. seen it before. Correct. It's not like there's suddenly right. going to be a rash of guys heart stopping right. who get hit in the chest. Right. I can tell you, though, from growing up, I mean, from my son growing up and playing competitive baseball, right? Mm-hmm. There was, we had travel teams and there was a period of a couple of years where all the parents wanted to buy their kids these undershirts that had padding on yeah. the chest yep. in case they took a line drive to the chest. So... I don't know if the NFL will ever try to, you know, is there some way to, now that you know that this can happen, is there some way to help prevent it, just like they've made improvements to the helmet to try to help prevent injuries? Well, what I find amazing is that usually your shoulder pads come down to almost your breastbone. Okay. Right? I, when you, when, I mean, the front, the front of a, it come to about here. Yeah, well, it's just above your breastbone. Okay. So I'm just curious. I mean, it had to be the perfect. Right. It's just you know, the perfect hit. I don't I hate to use that term, but yeah, it, perfectly it's, imperfect. It, correct. Um, but I thought that, you, you know, it was uncharted waters. <clears throat> the NFL decided to suspend the game. Then, you know, it's, they have not, the last I saw, um, they don't know what they're going to do with that. Right. Game. And I don't know. I've Whether been trying to rescheduled. We all think about this. Yeah. Because, and, and we've all been thinking about it. We've been talking about it in the office today. I've been texting with friends. Uh-huh. I don't. I haven't heard anybody come up with a good solution yet. They're they're not going to play the game this week, which I think is the right choice. Right. They they talk to the NFLPA. They talk to the players on both teams. They talk to the leadership on both teams. Mm-hmm. And I was not surprised at all that this was. I figured this was the decision they would come to. I just couldn't see them going back on the field on like Wednesday night. No. No. But the, now you have and <clears throat> now what are you going to do? They say right now that the week eighteen schedule has not been changed. No. But I said, isn't in this particular game? It's all. It was almost uh, the the reason why it was such a marquee game. It's it's uh, trying to get to number one seed, correct? They both have a shot at the number one seed. Yeah, they would need Kansas City to lose to the Raiders. I think. Okay. Um, there is my first thought was play week 18 and then see if the Bills Bengals games mattered in any way to the standings. Okay. But I looked through a ton of scenarios and it almost certainly is. I mean for one yeah. thing, Kansas City has to lose to Las Vegas or it's definitely going to matter. 
There, I think there's a combination of three or four games in which they would all be locked into certain seeds, but it's not likely to happen. Right. I mean, I guess the NFL can cross their fingers and hope that it does quietly. Um, I mean, they're not going to publicly they, root for any team to win or lose. Well, for <coughs> them, in order – I mean, I'm just – this is me just thinking mm-hmm. out yeah, loud. That's what we're doing. Um, if they had to play that game again, then that would have to almost push – the playoffs a week back. That's that's what because I think. Because how else can you – you can't – There's no Unless way. you play on Sunday and then you say, okay, you're playing on Thursday. But then at least right. one of those teams would have to be playing again the next Sunday. You can't play three yeah. games in seven days, so, yeah. eight days. Yeah. So that would be I, – I don't think there's any way to play this game without pushing back the playoffs. Right. Which I guess if I were forced to – predict what I think would happen that's or, the only one that I can see or do you or do you um, postpone the AF, AFC playoffs and have the NFC go well that wouldn't be fair because then the NFC would would get one more week of rest at the end of the playoffs well the AFC that would. that's true and I hate to use the word fair because yeah nothing none of this this is isn't fair, fair no. and, and and nobody cares that much about fairness in in uh, contrast to right the health and the recovery of Demar Hamlin it's just as you try to figure out what to do you run across words like that and mm-hmm. issues like that and I, I know the NFL would like to make whatever solution they come up with as fair as possible but it may not be possible right right what I found what I found interesting uh, watching the game and then watching it all unfold and then of course social media and everybody's got an opinion and and um, in that particular time I was like I was kind of stunned just watching it unfold mm-hmm. where I, I thought well maybe there's more information but I would never tweet out you know, thoughts of what's going on. It's other than, well, it should be this. Well, it should be that. And uh, it's not appropriate at the time. No, I, I was a little puzzled by it, other than, you know, thoughts and prayers and, hey, you know, let's all pull together. Mm-hmm. And I think as part of the NFL family in which we are, we, we, you know, work for an NFL team. We've been around players. We understand all of this. It does affect you. And it was, it was, um, trying to decide you know you try to put yourself in those players positions i have not seen players that emotional yeah crying yeah i mean that's when i went okay this is this is really serious but i will have to say that there is a lot of medical personnel at football games and people forget about that they're ready for this kind of situation you know it's it's as much as everybody goes oh you this that the other they certainly were doing what they needed to do. They if it was any other kind of accident, you know, uh, whether it was a car accident somewhere or something like that, you know, it, there's a response time. Right. And they were right there. No, they, they definitely are on call and ready to go. They hope to not be needed, but there's emergency personnel that is ready to go at the snap of fingers. Right. And it, it's it's interesting, like you said, you're, uh, you know, talking with people in the building and then texting with friends. And it has been a main discussion that, immediate it's it's so top of mind and it's also feels a little it feels and and this we're going to encounter this as we continue this podcast because i mean we are here to talk about the bucks and i think mm-hmm. we need to and there mm-hmm. are people that want to listen and, and right. hear a discussion about the bucks but it's a little hard to get to that yeah you know what i'm saying it doesn't feel exactly right to be going uh, you know i mean who's starting for the raiders this week you know well right who cares right now yeah it, well that that <clears throat> seems to be that i mean it, i think it'll be a gradual process and by the end of the week Hopefully there will be good news. 
I think that will be the catalyst that makes everybody go right back. Yeah, if as soon as we we hear the good news, uh, that everyone will take a sigh of relief and go, okay, now we can move forward. Well, but they probably won't know by no tomorrow. And the Buccaneer players are going to go back on the practice field, yeah, and start working. And I don't. I just am curious. Curious may not be the right word. Yep. I, I wonder if it affects them at all. If it affects the Falcons going out on their practice field, does do, I? This has got to shake those guys. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how it can. Whether it's t- whether you're, it's just making you think about it, you know. And it may it may push some people who have been thinking about, um, you know, where they are in their careers. And so, uh, yeah, I, I would say I would say we're talking about it. People are talking about it. You know, I would think players would walk on the field and think, wow, okay. But they are you maybe know, once they get into it, they're doing their job. And, and well, I think I think that's focusing on that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like first responders. You know what I mean? They they deal with uh, um, tragedies and stuff, and they just keep pushing forward and moving along. It's it's part of the job. So I, I would think um, <clears throat> I think it's just everybody's just waiting for the word. Hey, everything's going to be okay. He's he's, he's awake. He's yeah. moving around. Correct. Correct. So, <sighs> all right. All right. Um, good. I'm glad we didn't even talk about this. I'm glad you brought it up when I just walked in. Well, I so, kind of assumed that yeah. we would have to talk about this because it, it, I, I feel it would be disrespectful to mm-hmm. just immediately launch into a regular football discussion. Right. So obviously we're like everybody else. All we want out of this is for the young man to get better. Right. Get well. Right. Um, but the, this podcast is going to move on. The NFL is going to move on. Yep. I don't know how exactly, but. At least week 18 will probably be relatively normal. As normal as it could be, I think, yeah. So let's move on then, shall we? All right. Since we're already um, talking a little bit about how the playoffs will work, the NFC playoffs are not going to be affected by this. No. Obviously, because it's, it's, it was two AFC teams. But um, the Buccaneers, let's just talk about this. the situation as it is. The Buccaneers, as everybody knows by now, have clinched the NFC South with their comeback win over Carolina. First time in team history, two consecutive division titles. So I don't care if it's eight and nine or nine and eight in the end. Right. We're hanging another banner. Yeah. And we have a shot at the Super Bowl. All their goals are still ahead of them. Right. Meanwhile, uh, the Giants also clinched a spot. The Bucks are locked into four. The The Giants are locked into six. The fifth seed will be either Dallas or Philadelphia, which everyone does not win. Uh-huh. The NFC East, and that will be the Buccaneers' uh, opponent in week in the first round of the playoffs, whenever that happens to be. And you have three teams left, all at eight and eight, that are fighting for one more spot. Yeah. Do you know who they are? Who's fighting for the spot? The three eight and eight teams that can win the seventh seed. Um, Green Bay Packers. Who looked like they were dead. Yeah. And have won four in a row and are starting to look frisky. Yeah. They, wow, they they looked really good against Minnesota. Um, uh, Seattle Seahawks. Who have had a real up and down season. And every time you think, oh, they're great, they have a stinker of a game. And every time you think, well, they were they were flukes, they have another really good game. Uh-huh. And uh, the, Tur- the Detroit Lions, are they That's still correct. in it? Yep. Yeah. And uh, they are the ones that, I mean, their rebound is probably even more impressive than the Packers because they were one and six. And then they won six of their last seven. Mm-hmm. And they were just absolutely streaking. And then they went to Carolina and got pounded, which didn't help us very much at the time. Correct. 
But then last week, you know, they, it's a game they should win at home against a, a really bad Bears team, and, but they demolished them 41-10. Oh, so yeah. they're a fun team. Yeah. <clears throat> well, they're an up-and-coming team, so that's they're, why they're, they're fun. They're interesting. Yeah. And they have, a, you know, pretty on most, most weekends, they have a pretty explosive offense, mm-hmm. and that's fun to watch. Yep. Okay, so here's how it goes, because only one of those three can make it. Yep. And here's why. I don't know if they could have picked something else. I would have personally put Jacksonville and Tennessee on Sunday night. Yeah. Because that one is just, it doesn't matter whatever, anything else happens. Right, that's, that's winner, win, winner wins take the, all. Wins the division, yep. the loser's out, right? Yep. But the NFL decided not to do that and instead put Green Bay against Detroit on uh, on Sunday night. Uh-huh. Which could be a winner take all game uh-huh. for the fight, but it might not be. And here's, here's how it gets tricky, and it seems really... Like a bad, great situation for the Packers. Uh-huh. Bad situation for Seattle because here's what happens: Seattle plays earlier in the day. Uh-huh. Seattle has to win to have a shot, and they need uh, they need Detroit to beat Green Bay. Yep. Okay, Sunday night. <clears throat> but Detroit needs to win, but they need Seattle to lose. Yeah. So Detroit's rooting against Seattle. Seattle's rooting for Detroit. <laughs> but here's the problem for Seattle. Their win, which they have to have, right. eliminates Detroit. Correct. And then they have nothing to play for anymore. Right. So their the win they have to get hurts them on the other end. I liked what their head coach had to say. Um, he said – Pete Carroll? Yeah, no. Uh, Dan Lions. Campbell? Yeah. Dan Campbell said, either we're going to be playing to, to get a playoff spot or we're going to play to be the spoiler. Okay. And I <clears throat> and I kind of think that's the kind of team he has hope, right yeah, now. Yeah, that's true. That he's that kind of guy like, okay, we're out of it, but you know what? You can put a stamp on this, and if we're not going, guess what? They're not going either. That would be the Packers. Yeah. They'd be eliminating the Packers. Which, right. Obviously, division rivals. In the, there you go. In Green Bay. Yep. Yep, and probably the happiest out of the, all of that would be Minnesota, <laughs> because Minnesota does not want to see That's the Packers right. again. That's for sure. <laughs> wow! After the, wasn't it forty-one-three at one yeah, point in that game? Yeah, it was like wow. Just uh, I think they lost like forty-one seventeen, but and, two, there was two garbage touchdowns at the and, end. And you knew, you know, Minnesota had that game against the Colts where they came back on the Colts, um, but in this particular game with the Packers, you knew that they were not coming back against the Pack. Not in Green Bay. Not at that in that time. game. No. No, (laughs) but it is, I think, you know, you made a comment about the, the NFL and I think it's kind of that, um, you know, how all this is decided the TV, um, networks, um, vie for certain games and they get to protect certain games. That's correct. So what happens is, is I may have protected something and okay, I can't, no, I got to give that one up now because I I held that on is to this one. true. Yeah. And I don't think the Bucks were going to get flexed this past week anyway, but we were but, protected. Yes. So it right. was we were which was good because we didn't want to get flexed. No. No. <laughs> that was a very refreshing I was really game. like, oh goodness. And then this week and and it you know for for fans, you know, they want to know, "Hey, when's your team playing?" Well, for like me knowing when the team's going to play, you know, we have affiliates I have to contact. There's satellite people. There's all this stuff I have to do, and I'm waiting, like, on Sunday during the game thinking, oh, they're going to announce the schedule, right? And then I realize, no, they're not. They're not. They're going to wait till Monday. Right. And it was. They waited till yeah. Monday. I was kind of hoping to get it, like, at the half during You're the NBC game. You're saying the schedule for Week 18. Yes. And then <clears throat> even now we won't know for the playoffs until after well, uh, Sunday's game. Obviously. Yeah. That's the way it is. They always announce that that Sunday night. Mm-hmm. They don't have a Monday night game in week 18. No, but it, interesting enough, they do have a Monday night playoff game. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. They started that last year, didn't mm, they? No, I think it's the first time this oh, year. Oh, really? Huh. Okay. Well, uh, the Bucks are in those playoffs. Yep. Which is great. They're locked in the four seed, as I said. So that means this week's game in Atlanta doesn't mean anything. No. And that is the big conversation around here. Yes. Uh, not only... To um, play or not to play <laughs> is not, the question. Not only the um, in the media asking coach, and I'm sure they'll be asking other people once mm-hmm. once we kick into practice tomorrow. We're doing this on a Tuesday. Yep. You may be listening on a Wednesday. Um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, are they going to oh, play or not so, play? Yeah, by which he, Jeff means is Todd Bowles going to play his starters or not. Now, you can't rest all your starters in possible. No. As Todd Bowles kept pointing out, you only got so many you guys. You only have so many guys. This is in college. You don't have 110 players like, or whatever it is. Like, for instance, you can't really rest Anthony Nelson and Joe Tryon Schwenka. Right. Because they are the only two guys right now. <laughs> Carl Nassim could maybe make it back this week yeah. and give, give him a little time off. Yeah. But if you if you play Tom Brady, well, then you're playing Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. I mean, that's guaranteed. No, no question. So they're kind of a package unit. I I did like what Todd said though is that if you're afraid to get hurt, mm-hmm. you know, because it can happen in pre preseason, it can happen in training camp, it can happen at practice. I mean, there's always okay. that chance. I know. Here's I play devil's advocate to that okay. statement because I agree, and I'm actually on Todd's side. He said on Monday that he, at least for now, he plans, plans. to play guys. Yep. He plans to play his starters. Yep. They they could make some. Individual decisions here and there, like I don't know. I'm just going to pick out a name, Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know his knee's been tough to yeah. deal with. Okay, it's the games yeah. on turf. Yep, that maybe. But he intends in general to play his starters. Yep. Okay, and I agree with this concept. You can get hurt in any game. You could get hurt in in training camp. You can get hurt in preseason. You can get hurt in any regular season game. But. The thing is, Jeff. <laughs> logically, though, why chance it? Tristan Wirfs has already. Yeah. Pl- you know, Donovan Smith, mm-hmm. Levante David has already played those other games and not gotten hurt. So you can conceivably, but they did not. Right. There's still one game remaining where they can. Right. That's, I think, the argument on the other side. All right. All right. So I, I get Todd's point of view. I'm with him, but I'm not, I know I'm not on, you know, not on the same side as everybody in this building because I've had some conversations with Jeff and they've swayed me a little bit. I mean, it would be devastating to lose a guy and the, the uh, for the playoffs and the flip side of what you can gain is kind of nebulous momentum. Mm. Todd says you can work on some things, yep. maybe some things that were working finally in this last game. You can see if you can duplicate them. Right. Uh, ha- wanting to have a winning record, I want us to have a winning record. Yep. Even though it doesn't matter. No. So that's what you're weighing there. I come down on the play side personally. Yeah, I, and if the couple players that I talked to, you know, just out of curiosity, yesterday I was down. Mm-hmm. Um, in the locker room and said, hey, what do you think about playing on, you know, sun- oh, yeah, I, I have to. I have to stay in my. I have to. Okay. Yeah, I have to stay in my routine. I have to stay in my. Okay. Um, if they feel that way, then I think they I, should. Yeah. Now, ideally what would happen is that um, you have like three possessions and it's 21 to nothing. Yeah. And you can go, okay, you know, maybe we can just uh, step aside right sure now. Sure, you would like and, that to happen. Yeah. I mean, that would be kind of like. Was it 2020 in Detroit where it was 40-something? Yeah. Yeah. Detroit was yeah. terrible that year, though. Yes. And they were missing a whole bunch of guys due to COVID, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And coaches, too. Well, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a rivalry game. It's the Falcons, you know. Well, so, 
they're trying to find out what their young quarterback can do. Yeah. So you know they're going to do everything possible to win the game. It's, he started three games now and does not have a single touchdown pass or a single interception, yeah. which I find strange. Well, well at least he's consistent. <laughs> he has a single Let's nothing. see what his numbers actually but they are. But they ended up winning against yeah. Arizona at the very end. They have a so, great kicker. Yeah. That's one of the things. Well, there's that always helps, Did he make right? the Pro Bowl? I don't know. I don't either. I don't know. I didn't pay a lot of attention to the Pro Bowl rosters after. Speaking of of special teams, you got, uh, <laughs> oh, you're going to go there what? now. You want to go there now? No. Uh, okay, uh, go ahead. No, no. We were just, definitely going to go there. Yeah. Well, no. We no, come on. That's how we do this. Well, podcast. what else you have though? You might. Uh, I might have thrown you off off your your. No, that's cool. Your itinerary. I, I, these don't have to be in order. I didn't write them down in order. Uh-huh. You want to talk about the Jake Camarda play? Well, there is. I'm fine that, with this. There is that. Totally awesome. <laughs> totally. Um, talk about understanding the game, understanding the situation. Well, and processing it that quickly. Yes. And then running and drop kicking it with his right leg like he. Well, running left. Yeah. Like. I mean, to me, that was – he must have played rugby because that's – you know what I'm saying? Because that's what they kind of – I think he's just athletic. He, oh, he, wow. By the way, he ran a four, five, six, forty 40 40-yard dash at the combine. Yeah. For I don't know why the punter would decide to run <laughs> and the combine except to go away. Hey, by the way, guys, I'm really fast. It is – that play was phenomenal. I Actually, okay, so I like to describe these things just in case sure. somebody hasn't seen it. Buccaneers are punting away with only like, you know, 37 seconds four, left. Yeah. Something like that. 40-something, I think. They have a six – they have a, a six-point lead. Correct. <clears throat> uh, they're going to be punting, hopefully, down somewhere inside the 10. That's and the And then goal. the uh, the Panthers are out of timeouts Yep. Uh, because they used them all to force that punt after a failed onside kick. Uh-huh. You know, the Buccaneers did what they should. They ran three times to, to rob them all uh-huh. their timeouts. It's, it's what anybody would do. Uh, but it didn't work, and they had to punt, which gave Carolina one more shot. So – Jake is punting this ball with 42 seconds left. That's that's the snap. Mm. The, <laughs> Zach Trinner, who I we haven't said his name before, which means and he's been doing a great job. And Jake even said yesterday in his uh, he did a conference call with uh, yeah that's right some media people said that he has been excellent all year long. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And well, we so, haven't said his name, so that's right. clear. Yes. Uh, and also, I would I would say that. The fact that they then had to repunt this, yeah, and he just had nearly, you know, put the Bucks in a dire mm. situation with his probably his first bad snap of the whole year. I'm feeling pressure if I'm him right there. Like I, I that's where you tense up yeah. and then you mess up again. But, but he, he didn't. didn't. So anyway, Trenner's snap kind of hits the ground in front of um, Jake. He's trying to corral it. It bounces a little bit to the side, and he mm-hmm. picks it up, and just then immediately starts running around the end because he knew he wouldn't get a punt off at that right. point. And I'm thinking at this point he's he's going to try to run for a first down. Yeah. I don't know if he'll make it, but he's going to try. And then and then I'm like, what just happened? Because all of a sudden the ball's going downfield. I'm like, did he kick that? Because I couldn't tell from where I was at, at the point that it happened. There was a bunch of people converging in. Well, he was also on the far side of the yeah. field, and there were a bunch of people around him when That's he kicked I mean. it. So I couldn't like, tell. You saw the ball go out, and you went, "What was that?" He's like a yard from the sideline with his momentum going left. He's while on the run, drops the ball, kicks it, yep. and kicks it down to like the two yard line. Yes, unbelievable. <laughs> now there was a flag on the play, right. and in fairness, I think it was on. It was uh, Keeved. Yeah, uh, in fairness, <laughs> it was because uh, a lineman was downfield. And the reason, yeah. okay, so you can't you in can't, the yeah, go ahead. in the NFL on a punt, the only two players that can leave at the snap are the gunners. Everybody else has to wait for the ball to be kicked. Right. 
but they know that's a certain number of seconds, and then they start going down the field, right? So that's what happened. It was almost an, an inescapable penalty. Well, yeah, because you can't tell what's going on behind you. Right. You don't know. He didn't Maybe kick you hear it. him kick it sometimes. Yeah, but. I, you know, you're just you're doing your job. So, uh, so had the play gone awry. And, you know, maybe he just – maybe Jake just fell on the ball to protect it mm-hmm. or, you know, only got a couple of yards running. Then they would have declined the penalty. Right. But uh, they had to take the penalty because they didn't want to be at their own two-yard line. And then Jake punts another great punt that they fair catch at the eight. And you know what the even coolest part is? It oh. took time I mean, off the I was, clock. That was going to be my next thing. <laughs> not, only, not only does he make a brilliant play, right, mm-hmm. and then he takes time off the clock, and then he nails his, his second punt. Yeah, just as well. That's what, that was what immediately yeah. the guy who was right next to me in the press box goes, "Ooh!" And they lost like ten seconds on that play. Yeah, it was the the original punt snap was snapped at forty two seconds, and the second one was at thirty two. That's ten precious seconds yeah. when you're trying to go ninety two yards with no timeouts. And then it, and then I do give the Panthers credit for the uh, uh, pitch around play. Yeah, that. That because it scared the crap out of you? Yeah. Because, Me too. Because you just don't know what's going to happen. You just It's like you're about to get tackled, and, oh, there's the ball. It's out again. Our, our buddy here in the office, Jason Turner, mm-hmm. his wife and one of his daughters was at the game. Yeah. And he showed me a video. I guess the his wife was taking a video of the daughter as this play was happening. Mm-hmm. And her wild swings of emotion and <laughs> sudden terror were like – it was like somebody acted out the way I was feeling at that time. She's like ah, – Oh, oh, my God. Uh, you know, and it's yeah. just you can see – I know exactly what part of the play is happening when, for each of the reactions. Yes. Because when the ball got to Hubbard, wasn't Hubbard? It, Marshall caught it and then lateral to Hubbard, who suddenly was kind of open in the middle of the field. He got all the way down to the Bucks 33 at one point. Yeah. But then had to pitch, and then, and then it, as those plays almost always do, it blew up. <clears throat> Thankfully. Yeah. But what an ending. What a game. <laughs> it was. It was great. I mean uh, – um, the whole, I don't know. It just seems like we're a fourth quarter team, and everybody <laughs> gets mad about it. And I understand why, because you do just want to win. But you know what? I like the fact that you can be two scores down, and you got a shot at winning. <laughs> and we've been there where you didn't have a prayer. Yeah. And uh, there is always that. And um, so that was that was a fun play. It worked out really really well. But just great heads up by Jake. Yeah. I mean just. Presence of mind, understanding the situation, and being as athletic as he is. Yeah. Because when you look at him, you wouldn't, you know, he looks like a normal guy. And, and Well, I know. I think he looks kind of athletic. I think yeah, he looks but like I'm just athlete. saying, you know, it's not that – when you think of football players, you always think of the big, big I mean, beefy guy. He's not a huge punter, but he's not a, a small punter. Got a heck of a leg. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. And very nimble. Let's say that. Jack be nimble. Jack be quick. Um. You know, I like the movie references. I, I don't really like the um, nursery rhyme re- references. Well, you have to take what I give. Yeah, well, I wish you wouldn't give any more of that. Right. Um, so, yeah, Brady had two more fourth-quarter touchdown passes. He now has 13 on yeah. the season. I don't know where that ranks. Uh, at, when he was at 11 before this game, it, it was like know. second in the league. But um, it's pretty crazy to have that many fourth-quarter touchdown passes. I think I believe he only has one first-quarter touchdown It pass. must just be like, you know, he must just lock in. He's like, boop, 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 boop. And then he also sprinkled in a little fourth quarter touchdown run, mm-hmm. which, which ended up being the uh, game winning points. 
Which also was a little I, more scary because Ryan Suckup missed the extra point. Afterwards. I think Todd said that Tom has the fastest forty time in the first first yard of, of <laughs> because he's been good at sneaks yeah, his whole yeah. career, which I thought was pretty clever. I liked the call. It was, of course, came after it looked like Leonard Fournette scored and then they mm-hmm. overturned it. Yep. So they were a half yard away, and especially since you have. Which Two or three I'm not, more down. you know, I'm I'm not I'm not really sure how they overturned it because you couldn't see where the ball was it's, and it was called a touchdown. Yeah. So you're supposed to have indisputable evidence yeah. to overturn. Yes. So I was a little puzzled by that. It was a it's rare. Yeah. I was surprised. And usually you see that and you go, well, they can't tell, so yeah. they'll have to stick with whatever's right, called whatever it's called. And then right. when Tom then subsequently sneaked in and he just burrowed underneath mm-hmm. and they don't call anything, they just run and then they mm-hmm. dig out the pile yeah. and is he over the line? I mean, he could have been. He could. They could have been pushing him back. Yeah. I mean, where he was when they pulled the bodies off him wasn't necessarily where he was when he was down. And he, the ball only has to break the plane. That's true. It doesn't have to stay. But that one, there's no way they could possibly overturn it. He just burrowed underneath, and there's no way you could see on replay what happened after that. Yeah. So, Crazy. Um, <clears throat> do you know? So that was a one-yard touchdown run. Are you aware that the Buccaneers do not have a touchdown run longer than one yard this entire season? Are you sure? I am sure. How is that? We've scored five one-yard rushing touchdowns. We don't have a single one longer than that. Wow. You mean, you're, well, a lot of a lot of a lot of short. You're passes. probably thinking of like yeah. Rashad White and Leonard. Yeah, but those are passes. Those are passes. Right. We don't have like nobody's broken off on first and goal from the four and just broken off a run. Just which is weird, weird, man. Yeah. Weird. It's coming. Well, yeah, we're I'm saving hoping. it. Saving it for playoff Lenny coming. Also, Tom Brady has. On the season now, negative one rushing yards, uh, but a rushing touchdown. Wow. <laughs> Again. <laughs> still he's, still clinging to that. He's got 29 carries for negative one yards with a long of two yeah. and one touchdown. Wow. Negative one yards, but a touchdown. That's pretty wild. Strong. Very t- strong. You know, you need the touchdowns more than the yards. You know what else I liked? Uh, it was weird because we had a 1 o'clock game, which was it just seems like it's so unusual that we have a home 1 o'clock game. I think we only had one before, and that was the Atlanta Falcons, if my memory serves me correct. We had a couple 1 o'clocks on the road, but not, not at home. Yeah, you were correct. So uh, that was different, and it was great to see the fans stay to the very end. And Well, that, they've learned their lesson with this that, team. That game was like, Clipping along, and I'm looking down, and I'm going, "Oh, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna hit that just under three hour mark. This is great. <laughs> we hit the two minute warning. Twenty five minutes later, is that I thought, true? I think it was something. <laughs> it was crazy because the game didn't end until like four. I think the game was like three three minutes twenty three hours twenty five minutes something like that, which was three twenty. Like, okay, <clears throat> was like whoa. And it was the, like whoa. Yeah, and but what was cool was everybody stayed and. I left like an hour and 15 minutes after the game was over with. And there were cars all in the parking lot. Traffic was backed up. I'm like, what is going on? And then I was like, oh, it's a 1 o'clock game. Yeah, you can come out of yeah. the game and go back to your car and tailgate a little bit more. Yeah, then that's what they were doing. It wasn't like – Because there's no – since traffic, no, might as well wait it out. Exactly. It wasn't late night. Celebrate it was, the win. It was weird. It <laughs> was, I mean, it's it was a while, but uh, I totally enjoyed it. And I did like everyone um, – Singing uh, "Country Road." Yeah, that's Tristan, Tristan Worse was singing yeah. it in the locker room. He sang it coming off the field. Oh, he was still singing it in the um, locker room. Uh, Sarah Walsh, 
I believe, tweeted out. She got him as he was coming off the field singing it. Isn't it funny that because of the Munich game that that's become like a thing that's attached to yeah. us this season? It, well, It's like Pound the Rock in 2002. Right, right. You know, now right. we've seen Country Road. Yeah, I, think, I, I should, like it. They should start doing it at the stadium. Well, they did. Oh, okay. They did. didn't you hear the music. Well, see, you're down in the locker room. You didn't. Yeah, they played it at the stadium after the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. Yep. Yep. No, I didn't hear that. Yeah, that was about. Yeah, right after. Yeah, I think. Well, see, the problem is you have to go downstairs and and uh, be in the press conference room, so you're not going to hear a lot of that other stuff going on. That is correct. Yep. <clears throat> you know, I said Brady has negative rushing yards by uh-huh. the touchdown. Right. It's actually not that rare though. Oh. Breeze had Breeze had negative two yards and two touchdowns in 2020. And it's happened 29 times since the sack became official in 1982. Before that, it would be a lot of times because sacks counted as lost rushing yards mm-hmm. for quarterbacks. Well, Tom, well, Tom will break that record. Just hang in there. I don't know. It, that's it, not really a record. It's just a it number just of what it is. Yeah, whatever it is, he he wants to be number one. So, so since we're just bouncing around, mm-hmm. um, this conversation about. Tom Brady's touchdown yep. leads me to Anthony Nelson, wow. who made that touchdown possible. Yes. What a what an end mm. of the season. And you know that he did this last year, too. He he got on a huge right. hot streak at the end of the year when he was playing a lot because JPP was out and uh-huh. Shaq was out for a while. Yeah. And uh, he's doing it again. He's And again, for the third game in a row, he played every single defensive snap. I cannot stress how unusual that is for an edge rusher. It and just doesn't happen. And he still had the energy at the end. Yeah, this was, as you said, like three hours into the game. And he's play- not only that, he played 18 special team snaps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is when you're in your 20s. I you guess. run around a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's loving all the playing time. But if you look at that replay, actually, you could see it live. You didn't even need the replay. Did- he destroyed their rookie left tackle. Did they give the recovery to Vita Vea? They did. They did. <clears throat> okay. Because for a big man, he certainly moved <laughs> fast. It looked like it was all Carolina people around. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, he comes flying in. Yeah. Yeah. For a big dude, he got it done. Well, when that football's on the ground, he's motivated. <laughs> that was a great – That well, that was yeah. a turning point. That's that's right there. Yeah. I mean, Well, there's a lot of turning points. We were leading. Game. We had just taken the lead. Mm-hmm. So who knows what would have happened. They would have had um, – Let's see. They had yeah, the we ball. we were up by three. I know. I'm just trying to see what the situation was. It was There was 2.32 left in the game on the snap. Wow. So they would have been trying – and we were only up by three. Okay. So they would yeah. have had um, – now, you say the, the Panthers moved right down the field when they finally got the ball with 26 seconds mm-hmm. left, but that's because we were playing extreme yeah. backup. Yeah. So you don't know what would have happened. Right. But um, Anthony Nelson, on this play, I don't know how well – Iquanu, I think his name is. I don't know how well Iquanu handled Nelson most of the game, but on this play, Nelson destroyed him. He just immediately got around him. Got it and done. It was a straight shot to the quarterback, swiped the ball out of his hand, and that set up the game-winning points. Well, out. and, and what was it three turnovers this, yeah. this game? Mm-hmm. One of them was – I mean, the, the, one of the first fumble was – What's his name? Darnold just yeah. bobbling the ball after the snap, yeah. and and but then at that point, Devin White made a nice play by yeah. closing in quickly, hitting him so he couldn't recover it. We've experienced the quarterback <clears throat> bobbling it. <laughs> that happens, not all the time. I think he does. was trying to pitch at that point, he but he was. just uh, anyway yeah. he bobbled it and dropped it. Um, and then to Sean Murphy Bunting had the interception. So yeah. two guys that have really stepped up. He had a good the, game. Two guys that have really stepped up in the last three weeks: Anthony Nelson mm-hmm. playing every snap, two and a half sacks, and two fumbles forced in that span, and Sean. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. who, who first was filling in for Jamel and then was filling in for Carlton. We said at the beginning of the season, all these guys are going to be needed at some point. Yep. And I'm not saying Sean should have felt good about not playing much in the first half of the season. I'm sure that didn't nope. sit well. But he handled it well. And he is now in a prominent role and fresh making leg. the most of it. And he's got fresh legs. And he's in the – Fourth yeah. year of his career. Isn't yeah. It? So yeah, this is yeah. an important time for him. Big time. He's going to be a time. free agent. But I think that's part of it too is when you're not playing all the time, do, can you mentally stay in it? How are you How are you responding to you may feel like, you know, I'm better than anybody, which you probably should feel that way. But to be able to be a good teammate and not be a malcontent and uh, by no means. Uh, he well, did, we love Sean. He, he, yeah, he's a great he dude. Did what he had to do and now he's, he's showing what he can do. Yeah. Had a very good time for mm-hmm. him to do so. <clears throat> I like it. Awkward pause. I know. Well, I'm just good. looking at my list. I know. Because one one thing has been taking us to another thing. Uh-oh. It's It's been kind of... Um, so I got you all over the board. Did, <laughs> well, we're going to talk about... Hmm? We're going to talk about... Oh, by the way, cool. here's another note on that. Um, so Vita recovered at the six, led to a mm-hmm. touchdown. Yep. That is the first drive of this entire season that the Buccaneers offense has started inside the opponent 10. Hmm. We just have not had that kind of take. We haven't had a lot of takeaways, period. But we haven't had that kind of opportune takeaway. Right. So, hmm. when uh, listeners, when when Je- when I throw a, a, a note out like that, and uh-huh. Jeff just kind of goes, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right," that's because he's staring <laughs> at his phone. Well, I had to look at something. I'm just quick. telling you. I'm, I'm pulling back right. the, the curtain here. Well, also, <clears throat> just so you know, I just responded the way the audience responds to that last thing. Hmm. I think it's. I think it's very telling. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, I am the stats guy. We know that. Yes, you are. Okay, we're, we obviously... I am the stats guy. We obviously have to talk a lot about Mike Evans. But before we get there, I think I've mentioned before that um, I have these special ornaments on my Christmas tree at home, uh-huh. which is still up. Yep. And they're little little, little teddy bears about you know, like four yep. inches tall. To go down to the lower peg. And they have Buccaneer helmets. My mom made them for me when I first got here mm-hmm. in, in the early 90s. And she made like 10 of them. So she made every team that was in our division at the time, which was the NFC Central, sure. like Bears, Vikings. Yeah. And then just a handful of other ones. <clears throat> she gave these to me. Uh, and, and then Giselle, my wife, has made a, a thing about arranging them on the tree if we're playing one okay. that we have, if we're playing that team like the Bears, right. with our bear just on top of their bear, <laughs> like we're dominating that bear. <laughs> because she thinks it gives us mojo. And I don't have a Carolina one. Because Carolina Panthers didn't exist, didn't exist. when my mom yeah. made these. So about I don't know. It was it was during the comeback, maybe after Sean or Mike's second touchdown. Uh, my wife Giselle sends me a text me a picture of the tree with the Bucks bear, and it's it's throwback by the way. It was what yeah. was back in Bucko Bruce sure. on top of the Panthers bear. I'm like. I, think I had a Panthers bear. I didn't put much time and yeah. thought into it at the time because it was in the middle of the game, but it was cute, and I thanked her. And uh, she had actually, like, taken some paper and drew and made, uh, and she made turned, one. turned one of the other ones into a Panthers helmet. Look it actually looked really good. And so it was important to her to give us that mojo with this tradition, and it worked. Well, Giselle, <clears throat> so, keep the work up. Buck fans, um, yep. you know, shout out to, you know, you should give a shout out to my wife because she helped us with that victory. I like it. Keep the Christmas tree Christmas up. bears. I, yeah. I guess I have to keep it up. We do have a Falcons one. Oh, good. I don't know if we have – I think we have Eagles. I don't know if we have Cowboys. Yeah. Um, 
But well, she'll she'll make yeah, it. Yeah, I was just gonna say, no problem. You we got have that to, handled. We have to leave the tree up as long as the Bucks are still in the playoffs. And since it's artificial, you could leave it up all yes, year. Yes, that's right, Jeff. See? <laughs> See the advantages of an artificial tree? Yeah. Okay. As long as we keep winning. You snob. I'm, I'm all about it. Tree snob. Mm-hmm. Uh so, okay, so that kinda went nowhere, right? That was a that was a side turn that hit into a dead end. So mm-hmm. let's talk no, about No, you're good. Well, f- okay. First reactions to this game is this, it obviously didn't start well. The Buccaneers went into this game knowing, I think, that they had to stop the Panthers' run because the Panthers have only won this year when they've run the ball well. Right. Six and two when they've run for over 100 yards, and in those games they've actually averaged almost 200 rushing yards. 0-7 now, 0-8 <clears throat> when they rush for less than 100 yards. They have had upheaval at the quarterback. Yeah. Um, their two running backs are doing well. Yep. Right? It yep. seems obvious. Well, they come right out in play action. First play is play action, 26-yard yeah. pass. Yeah. Second play, play action, 11-yard pass. And they're just using – they are not going to script. No. At all. And I don't think that changed our philosophy, and it worked out in the end. Mm-hmm. I think Todd Bowles is like, we have to make them beat us. In fact, they said that. Yeah, you have to beat us throwing. They have to beat us throwing. And it looked for a while like they were going to. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, this is so ironic. If we actually succeed – in stopping I mean, the run, run and then, get, and then get, lose uh, yeah. or even get demolished like right. it looked like it could happen. Right. Got to give Sam Darnold credit for making it work for a while. Uh-huh. Um, he ended up throwing 341 yards and three touchdowns, uh, but they only ran for 74 yards and 3.4 yards per carry. And in, at the end of the day, the thing you said you had to do to win. You did. You did and you won. Right. But it looked hairy there for a while. The Buccaneers also came up in play action. They also um, – I think we're trying to divert or subvert expectations mm-hmm. because there's been this narrative about yeah. the Bucks, and it's not completely supported by stats, but no. I do get it yeah. that w- they're running too much on first down and their run game is last in the league and you have Tom Brady. So why are you running? And in a couple of recent games, the play action has worked very well. We just did more of it yeah, and it worked. I, I, particularly like the hurry up i know you can't do it all game but i love when we get into the hurry up it just i don't it just seems to it's a whole different we're going to be talking about that again during the fans questions oh we are okay well Um, then i'll hold off but i like that although none of the three touchdown passes to mike were involved hurry up up or play action just down out get it time to throw Time to throw. He stayed. Uh, Tom, you know, everyone was saying Tom's quick releasing, quick releasing. He stayed in the pocket this game. It was very different. I yeah. was noting that, like, from the first quarter on. Because he got, he got whacked a couple he got, of times. He got sacked three times. Yeah. He got hit. He got hit. He got hurried. But he stood in, I think, longer than he has been. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, his time to throw was something like 2.68, which isn't his longest of the year. Right. But it's a lot longer than the... The week before, it was 2.16 yeah. in Arizona, and that was his lowest he's ever had in a game. And, you know, you were talking about Mike Evans, and are we going to go into? Sure. Um, it, I thought we were going to go a revisit of the first Carolina game because there was that long pass, and it hit Mike. And he it looked like he could have got pass interference. It looked like the guy had Well, oh, the arm, first one? The first one. But it hit Mike in between the, the numbers. Yeah, yeah. And you go, because it's Mike. So you go, oh, yeah, that's a catch. Right. And he didn't catch it. And I thought, oh, no, are we going down that road again? Is that going to be? Well, he said that play fired him up. Oh, well, then that's great. We need to do that he more said he often. Thought he, he said he thought he should have caught it. Yeah. And so they, he knew, they knew going in the game that if they could give Tom time mm-hmm. and, and Mike time to get into his route, 
that they were going to have opportunities because the Panthers, unlike, say, the Saints, play a lot of single high coverage. Yeah. And that the if anybody doesn't – probably most of people listening know what that means, but if you only have one safety deep, he's going to be somewhat in the middle of the field. He mm. might be shaded a little bit one way, right. but he's going to be somewhat in the middle of the field. And if you run a go, which was what Mike ran on all three of his touchdowns, down the sideline, it's one-on-one with that corner. That safety's not going to get there in time. And he just – Right by him. First one was Beautiful. against. First one was against Keith Taylor. They didn't have J.C. Horn, their top corner. Correct. He's which, having surgery, which might, in retrospect, yeah. have been big. But you got to play who he was out there. That's, absolutely. Right? And these are professional guys. Mm-hmm. C.J. Henderson's a former first round pick. Yep. First one was on Keith Taylor, and the second two were on C.J. Henderson. And each one was as simple, just release, little, you know, little move to get around him and mm-hmm. go. And I think I watched all of them in like slow motion because I was writing about them. Right. And he, you Mike looks like the corners even with him, and then he his, he's deceptively fast because of his long strides, and all of a sudden he's got two yards of of separation, and if Tom can just make the good throw, that's going to be a touchdown. Yep. And every single time Tom dropped it, as and Mike said, right into his breadbasket, yeah, the, on the run, he was dropping dimes, as Mike dropping Evans dime. said. And what what I it's if you watch and listen to Mike Evans after a game, yeah, phenomenal game for him. Over 200 yards. Um, 207. Yeah, three touchdowns. First player in Bucks history to have 200-plus receiving yards and three touchdowns. What, what, what I – he never talks about himself of – he was saying Tom was making – he's dropping dimes. Tom did a great job. He never, ever says, look at me. Yeah, it's kind of implicit in the answer because he says they were playing – Single high and giving us opportunities. Uh, you're you're yeah, cutting you in going. and out. That's, just, and then, that's uh, me moving uh, wires. Oh, oh, that's a horrible experience, Jeff. I know. I'm sorry. There you go. That was just me moving my wires. Well, don't do that anymore. I'm trying not to. So he's. I got a lot of wires here, okay? He, he, he explains the situation and then says how great Tom Brady was and leaves it unsaid. Because, of course, Mike will take advantage yeah. of that opportunity. Yeah. It's kind of unsaid. Mm-hmm. But it, I, I hear your point. He's not beating his own chest. No. No. And he says, when people are, talk about how there was all this talk about his connection with Tom Brady, what was wrong, he hadn't scored a touchdown since week four. Yep. And he says, I just, I'm a prof- professional, and I keep be, I'm just ready because it's going to eventually happen, and I'm going to be ready for it when it does. Yep. And he was wearing his basketball shirt, which After was the game. awesome. His which Michael Jordan. His Michael Jordan. Which he said Chris Godwin gave to him. It, it, that was Chris Godwin was his secret Santa. That's right. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> I like it. So my favorite of those three. Was the second one the fifty-seven mm-hmm. yarder? Yep. Probably the first one, the sixty-three yarder, was more dramatic. But the second one, Mike's lined up wide to the right outside the numbers. We have three receivers on the other side. Well, two receivers and a tight end, but they all go out on routes. And Tom Brady has enough time to spend several seconds, like almost three seconds, looking at the left side. He even pump faked at one point. Mm-hmm. All that time looking to the left side. So the safety is going to be over there. If there is one safety, he's going to be over there. You can draw on all the coverage over there, obviously. Yep. Meanwhile, Mike's going down this side. And when Tom turns back to left, now it's almost four seconds after the snap at this point. It's like 3.6. Uh-huh. He spent all that time looking left. The fraction of a second that he turned to the right, he immediately threw the ball. Like, like he knew it wasn't it. like, <clears throat> I got to find him. Oh, there he is. It was like, yeah. he's standing there looking left. Turns to his right and just immediately launches the ball. But is that is that throwing to a spot? Well, I mean, I think it's that. They, they, 
I think it's instant recognition. Uh-huh. Like, it was obvious because it was one-on-one and Mike had gotten a step. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, Mike had gotten past the guy and at about the Panthers' 40 had thrown up a hand, as receivers do when they right. want to tell the quarterback they're open. I don't think Tom was even looking in his direction yet. But I'm telling you what, the snap decision and release when he looked back to the right was awesome. And then the perfect throw. Yeah. Perfect. Again, all three of those throws were Absolutely perfect. So the question now is, is will they be able to continue that? Because that has always been, where's that play been? Why haven't they been meshing? They, you know, off kilter, so to speak. But well, some of it has to do with how the defense plays. Yes. Yes. And he also had time. And Mike was asked about why he seems to have had a lot of big games against the Falcons. Uh-huh. And he said, like the, like the, the Panthers and the Falcons tend to play them one-on-one and with the single eye safety more, like the Saints don't do that at all. No. The Saints double him the whole game, which is why he's traditionally not had big games against the Saints. So we could – you could be looking at the same thing this week. But it's a little bit – it's a little bit dependent on the defense. Now, Mike ha- also had seven other catches in the game yeah. for another 57 yards, mm-hmm. and some of them were chain movers, so that was big. But you still have Chris Godwin, nine catches for hundred. I was just going to say Chris had a good game. Yeah. A lot of yeah. important Key. plays. Team mm-hmm. and um, oh, jeez, my mind just slips. A uh, gauge, Russell Gage. Yeah, Russell Gage seems to be like the third down guy now. You know, kind of got him this. If you look at some of the catches he made, right? Crucial. Well, in a fourth right? round one, yeah, too. yeah. You know, sure hands, get in there, not afraid to take a hit. Taking advantage of the fact that def- defenses are keying on Mike and Chris. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that was – I would say um, if you watched the, the fourth quarter, you had a lot of fun in that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first touchdown was was in the second quarter, and it was very uplifting. Mm-hmm. But then they reestablished their two – Well, I think what was so uplifting about that is such a quick strike. Was it 100 uh, – 103, one minute – through it was, for the first one, they only, the possession was yeah. a minute and Yeah, it was seconds. only a couple of plays into it. Yeah, I mean – so when you see that, then you know, oh, well, we don't need as much time. They can make it happen immediately. 52 seconds. Okay. <clears throat> Four plays, 80 yards, 52 seconds. That is unbelievable. So in the process, on, and the other reason the first one was very exciting is because it was the one that put Mike over 1,000 yards yeah. in the season. So we have nothing not, to worry about. Not only that, but it was an exact. No, it wasn't. Yeah. No, it wasn't. When he went over, it was exactly the number he needed to hit 1,000 yards. No, it wasn't. I look at your sheet. Okay, he went into that game needing eighty-three. Mm-hmm. All right. And when did he get to it? When did he get his eighty-third? Well, one? for this, let's look at it this way. Okay, you look at was it. Was that his last catch of the second quarter? I do believe he hit it exactly. I don't think that's true on the number because we were we were keeping track and we thought he was he needed some like fifty more yards. Mm-hmm. And okay, so in the first half, yep, he had. Five catches for 94 yards. Okay. He needed 83 coming in. Right. So back up. I am. All right. Okay. That was his last catch. No, he caught one more pass for seven yards. So he had, uh, be- before or after that 63-yard catch, he had. Dang. Dang. I could have sworn he made a catch. He had 87 yards after that catch. He- oh, shit. What? Nothing. What would you just say? Nothing. What would you say? I didn't say anything. What did I did I hear? Oh, 87 yards. He had, you know what? He had 87 yards after that catch. 
Yes, Jeff Ryan. No, 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 right. no. You're not right because he needed 83 yards. Oh, we'll back it up. I, what do you mean back oh, it up? Okay. Close I'll, enough. I'll, I'll verify. <laughs> Uh, I, I really thought I was going to have to eat crow there, and I knew I was right. I'm like, why is this not adding up the way I thought? <laughs> I think you did the math wrong. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to do it. Double, I'm, yeah, I'm going to yeah. double check it for double everyone. check it. I, for some reason, I, I thought it was quirky that I went. Oh my goodness! But he, he needed 83. He had 917 yards before that game. Okay, which means he needs 83. Yeah, easy math. Yeah. Okay, so. he had 94 yards of re- receiving yards in the first half. Yeah. And his last catch, his last and only catch was after the big one was seven, which means at that point he had 87, which means he was already four yards over. Uh. And I know this, Jeff, because Max Brodsky sitting in front of me and, and I and probably the PR guys were keeping track. Yeah. So as he was making catches, you know, okay, now he needs 72. Now, And mm. I think we had him at needing, I don't remember exactly what it was, right. 54 or 59 or something. So I knew it wasn't 63. So I knew he went over on that. Right. It was close. It was very close. I was looking at, I was, uh, I had Jesus up running. NFL then, Jesus. Yeah. And just kept I mean, I don't want anybody to like think you. you had Jesus on. Well, G-S-I-S. NFL, yes. Um, we call it Jesus. I kept um, doing the math on that. So, close enough. At least we knew immediately that he got it. Yeah, we knew. Yeah, yeah we're like. so happy. They were like, that's yeah. it. He got it on that one. And yeah. then, oh, no more pressure. We don't. He could not play this week if, he, if they don't want him to. Yeah. Don't need him to play. And, I want him to play. But. And he did it uh, in 16 games, even though he was suspended in one. So it less than that. 15 so, games, yes. right. So, so when he has the record, it will be done in 16 games. Yeah. He's done it in 15. So the only one he's chasing now is Jerry Rice. Who has 11. Yeah. But Mike's the only one that's done it from the beginning of his career since yeah. his rookie year. He, Am I correct Yes. That? He's okay. had the record for most consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons to start a career for several years now. Uh-huh. And it's now at nine. Randy Moss is second at six. So that was cool. But what makes it even more cool is, as you were alluding to, he's now got one of the longest streaks at any point in a career. Yeah. It doesn't have to be your first nine. Right. You know, because sometimes a guy can come in as a rookie and not sure. immediately light up the world. Yeah. Or come in as a flash in the pan and then. I think I don't think Jerry Rice had a thousand in his first season. Mm. I don't. You know what? I, I, I think he, what was it, Tim Brown, who he, yeah, he, he tied with Tim Brown for nine? Yeah, so Jerry Rice only got not, only got 927 in his first uh, season, or he'd have the record now at 12. Uh-huh. Because then but he didn't get it. So so Jerry Rice then had 11 consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. Mm-hmm. He had a few more after that, but 11 consecutive, greatest of all time, obviously. Yeah. He has the record with 11. Mike is now tied to Tim Brown next for nine. Then there's three guys. That have eight, or had eight: Chris Carter, Marvin Harrison, and Torrey Holt. So let uh-huh. me let me reread that list to you. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it's all right. Top six: Jerry Rice, Hall of Fame; Mike Evans; yeah; Tim Brown, Hall of Fame; Chris Carter, Hall of Fame; Marvin Harrison, Hall of Fame; Torrey Holt, three-time Hall of Fame finalist the last three years, probably going to get in at some point. Uh, right. I think we can put to bed the the put to re- yeah put to bed the question about whether Mike Evans is a Hall of Famer. Right. I think it's pretty clear he's yeah. a Hall of Famer. I, I, no question. Yeah. I'm all in. I thought that before he did this. But and well, was just as he keeps stacking them. I was just going to say, now he's just putting icing on the cake. Yeah. You know what? If you want to say he hit something exactly on the nose, because that seemed to be very interesting yeah. to you. 
He did have 18 points in the game, which gave him 500 exactly in his career. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cool. You know, you brought up Hall of Fame, and uh, out of respect for the Buffalo Bills and DeMar Hamlin, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is not going to announce the 15 modern air finalists. They're going to do it on Wednesday, gonna, I think. Yeah, they're going to hold off. They were going to do it today. Yep. But I think they're going to do it today. And we're, worried, we're waiting on word on Rondé Barber. Mm -hmm. Yes. I I have to think. I he, did get. I have to think he, he got there. I think he will. He's know. been there like four years in a row. Yeah. What, is, what would he do to go backwards? Yeah, um, no. I actually got alerted to that earlier while we were recording, oh, but I okay. didn't know if it was out there yet. Oh, That's, okay. The Hall of Fame yeah. themselves have said it yeah. out? Yeah, they sent it. The, the league sent it out. Um, yeah. I think that's where I got it from. Yeah, yes, the league did. So, all right, what else you got on that big list of yours? I want to stay with the game now before we get into Oh, before we stuff. say something else, too, it, it's pretty interesting that uh, DeMar Hamlin uh, was doing a toy drive. Yeah. You know what it's up to now? The last I saw was three-something million. $4.6 million. Of new donations to his. It's a go, go fund me. And he, amazing. he wanted uh, twenty five hundred was his goal. <laughs> that is unbelievable. People are looking for ways to show support. Yeah, because you you, you want to do something. You and I, I mean, I don't think it matters much. I didn't tweet anything. I, mm -hmm. I don't begrudge people who do right. thoughts and prayers or whatever. Sure, sure. Or, you know, hoping for the best. <coughs> I don't think it matters that much if I tweet anything. Right. But you do sit there thinking of. What can I do? Yeah. How can I show support? How can I, yeah. And so that's why so many people are it, donating to that. Totally, I mean, um, yes, unbelievable. So, okay, I keep throwing you off. But no, it's fine. I just want <clears throat> to. What else you got there? Other than your. I got. You, uh, what? what? I got uh, uh, some random things, but I wanted, to, right. I wanted to finish all the game stuff first. Okay. So what, these, these what aren't else? necessarily awesome, you know, because it obviously wasn't a perfect game. Mm-mm. We had a 90-yard drive that scored no points. Ah. 90 yards. It, <sighs> that was, to me, the low point of the game. I'm like, come on, seriously. At one point, didn't we start on the two-yard line? That's and this then, drive. Okay. I, and, I was, and, I, and I looked up to see if that was going to be our longest drive. I did, too. It wasn't. No. We had one 99-yarder, but it would have been like the eighth drive of 98 or more yards. Yeah. I was ready with that note, yeah, Jeff. I was waiting for your tweet. I was. I had it queued up. I had yeah. it written out and it would just cut and paste and yeah, go. Go. No. Just and I, great plays. That drive was fantastic. I mean, it's crazy. <coughs> I mean, I don't know how to explain it that you can march down like that and then just stop. Eighteen yards on the first play. On to Godwin, thirteen. Yep. Julio Jones in around thirteen. Leonard Fournette for seven. Ten yards to Chris Godwin. Nine, first down now. Nine yards to Chris Godwin. Five yards to convert the first down Leonard Fournette run. Mm -hmm. Thirteen yards to Evans for another first down. Four yards on first down, Leonard Fournette running. Four yards on second, Rashad White. Every single one of those plays are considered successful plays. You know, they either get half the distance needed on first down. Uh -huh. No, they either get four yards on first down, half what you need on second down, and a first down on third down. Every single one of those plays did that. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine consecutive successful plays to start that drive. Crazy. And then one more when they faced a fourth down. On the Russell Gage play, and then it just died. Like, and and if you're a Carolina Panther fan, you're saying you got to make a stop. You got to make a stop, and they did. And then they blocked the field goal. Yeah. Which um, Coach Bull said that Ryan kicked it too low. Yeah. That's something they got to fix. Right. I couldn't tell that at the time. I didn't. I didn't actually see that. But what was that? What was that? The attempt. Twenty-six yards. Yeah. It's the first. Right. It's the first kick under 
under 30 yards that mm-hmm. we've missed this and it was blocked it wasn't missed, missed per se. yeah it was right, blocked right well if it's blocked, but i mean then it's, i guess it had to be too low right it well they or they could have made a great play but todd specifically said it was too low mm. i mean from 26 they usually try to just pop it up right because mm-hmm. they're not that worried they're, they know they're going to be accurate enough and they don't need a lot of leg strength um so that that was not good and, and that was a low moment because it was it was uh it was still what I was. I guess nobody scored in the third quarter, so it was mm-hmm. still it was still fourteen to ten, and you're like, this is your chance to take the lead, yeah. And then you don't, and then they get the ball back and take mm-hmm. the lead on a touchdown pass, and that's when your heart sank and went, oh, geez, I don't well, want to deal with next week. I mean, I was I wasn't quite in the dumps yet because it was twenty one ten with almost the entire fourth quarter left, fourteen uh-huh. fifty. I'm like, well. Tom Brady can lead two two scoring drives in the, in, in the fourth quarter. I was like the cheerleader the whole game. Everybody was kind of getting down. I'm like, what are you getting down for? This is it. You <laughs> Have know? you learned nothing? Yes. I go, what, what, are, you, has, what are you guys thinking? Has you know? this season taught you nothing? You're down and out in the first quarter because you're panicking already? Don't. Stay in it, men. We're <laughs> or, there. Or even in the fourth quarter, down 11. Well, I, No problem. I always say to them, look, at you can moan and groan after the game's over with. Don't, don't moan <laughs> and groan during the game. I wait, like it, Jeff. Wait until it plays out. You, you, good point. I have to keep it positive. Good, googly moogly. Um, another thing. Uh, mm-hmm. This was this would be a good one um, if we had Chris King, our former uh-huh. communications guy. I saw Chris King uh, last week. As a yeah, he was in he town. He was in town. Yes, it was good to see him. Um, He's now with the PGA Tour. If you're wondering, I'm sure a lot of people were wondering. Or senior Tour. I should correct that. But continue. This was his. I don't know. Favorite, I guess you'd call it pet peeve. His uh, biggest complaint, I think, is. about NFL football is that defensive holding penalties are automatic first down. Yes, I agree. That's so yeah. punitive. Yeah. And especially since in a lot of cases, they happen away from the play. Mm-hmm. I can understand there's still penalties. Don't get me wrong. You're not allowed to do that. Could, right. have, could have affected the play in a way we don't know. Right. But it's five yards and automatic first down. And it, this this was the drive that put them up twenty one to ten right after we, we had a field goal blocked. Mm-hmm. You get a chance to get the ball back quickly, because, I mean, they get quickly in, into our territory on a forty seven yard play to DJ Moore, their biggest play of the game. But then, that rookie left tackle, Equanu, commits a holding penalty, and they're in a first and twenty. And first and twenties are hard to get out of. Yeah. So you got we yeah. got a chance for a stop here. Very next play. Boom. <laughs> Defensive holding on Anton Winfield and goes from first and twenty to yeah to, to first down. It just seems too punitive. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Defensive holding calls should not be an automatic first down. No, you get five yards. You get five yards and get to run the play again. Correct. Call it pass interference if you think it's that bad. Yeah, I mean I know f- uh, technically the ball has to be in the air for it to be pass interference, right. but no, I know where you I know where you're headed with that. Come up with another penalty then. That's like. Like if if you're if you're holding the guy, he beats you, and you just grab him and hold him to keep him from getting beat deep. Yeah, I can understand that one, right? Because you know you knowingly committed a penalty, and it took away their chance at a big touchdown. Maybe there's a different name for that penalty. I don't know. Mm. Just seems too punitive. All right. And then on a play, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was on third down. Um. Mike or Tom tried to hit Kate Otten, the rookie tight end. They struggled to hook up in this one. Although yeah. Kate Otten did make a really big catch he late, did. late in that, I think, in the drive that 
wasn't put us ahead. It wasn't Cade's best game. Yeah, and then there was a couple that were just the level of difficulty was really high. There was a play, I think it was third and goal, where um, we ran a play action and tried to throw it to him, and I think that the play's meant to be deceiving and be mm-hmm. wide open, but yeah. they covered it. Yeah. And then so Tom trying to get it in over the guy to him, it just – Well, he had the one play. Had he kept running, he That's what I'm talking he about. He would have caught the ball and would have been gone, and he stopped. Yeah. And uh, TB12 mm-hmm. was not a happy guy. And – because of that, we can tell what happened and maybe some fans watching. But the lesson for me here is this is a great example of sometimes not knowing why a play didn't work. Right. Sometimes you go, what a terrible throw. Yeah, but it was. He was wide open, a terrible throw. So lots of times you're counting on your receiver or pass catcher to recognize whether it's zone or man. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you need to sit down in the zone. And sometimes you just need to keep running. Right. And in this case, Cade should have kept running, or at least that's what we can gather from Tom's yes. Tom's uh, reaction to it. Yes. That ball could have easily been intercepted, mm-hmm. but it, it also was a failed third down at a key moment. And if you're just watching at home and you maybe don't see the part where, you, where they're showing Tom yelling, you think Tom made a terrible throw because he's wide open and it's two two yards left, but he just needed to keep running. Rookie mistake. Right. Actually, a mistake anybody can make. Doesn't sure. Have to be a rookie. But. But I, I just think that was a good example of how – when we're watching and we get mad about a play, we don't always know why the play didn't work. Well, and that's that's always the, the thing about football is you don't you don't know what the play call is. You don't know who is supposed to be where. You kind of guess, but you don't really know. Um, I think, too, you know, everybody kind of gets cranked up because Tom gets cranked up when things don't go right. And I was thinking about it is that he knows that there's only a number of plays that yeah, changes a game. Point. And when he sees the opportunity that it's going to be a big play, could be a scoring play, and when you miss it, that's why he gets upset because he knows there's not that many of those. Yeah, so. I think that's a great point. All right. All right, Jeff, we've been going for more than an hour here. Uh, one hour, eight minutes, 15 seconds. And we, actually, we actually have quite a few questions. Really? So I think, we wow. need, I think I need to just speed round through my other points here. So let's not make any of these. I'm going to make zero comments. Go. I'm not saying zero, but let's not make any of these All right. long discussions. All right. One, I'm worried. One thing I'm worried about with the Bucks is the the problems on both sides. The difference in red zone percentages. We're 25th in the league on defense and 25th on offense. We're allowing too much, too many TDs on defense and not scoring enough in the red zone, and that can kill you because yep. that's gives often the difference between three and four points. Mm-hmm. Or if they block it, right? You know, zero points. Zero points. All right, so Fair that's enough. a worry. Keep that that's, in mind. Keep that. Um, it was fun after the game watching the stadium crew immediately start tearing up the field and and painting and, and oh, putting yeah. thing because for the real rely a quest bowl that was going to be the very the next day. day. I always feel for yeah. those guys because what a big job to turn it around. Sure, that quick. it is. It's a tough. They do a nice job of turning it around too. I wrote here that Akeem Hicks causing havoc. I wrote this during the game. Okay, I know he had two pass breakups, but I think there were other plays when he really kind of blew up the he play. Did. I thought he had a really good game. He did. He didn't have a tackle or a sack, so it's hard to give you numbers, but. Just watching that game. You knew he, you, you felt his presence. Multiple times I was like, great play by Akeem. Yeah. Uh, Chris Godwin uh, with his two-point conversion mm-hmm. tied for 10th in, the, in, the, in our history in yeah. scoring now. Like that. Um, did you see the commander's new mascot, Major Tutty? Yeah. Oh, no. Just. Do not like. Well, first of all, you're stealing Tutty from Gronk. I know. Isn't he? He's the one that said, yeah. I got two Tutties. So. It's bad. 
Yeah, they're really trying to be a feel-good. Uh, they just keep swinging and missing. It's kind of hard, you know. You're the commanders, and then you got a hog. Yeah. Well, I mean, mascots are supposed to yeah. be silly. Right. I mean. Well, I get the hog. I get that because back in the, the day. Hogs. Yeah. Yeah, the, but like know. three of the hogs are are suing them because. Yes, it's their. So even. Yeah, the, they even, trademarked it. Even what it's based on isn't happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good um, sign. Did you notice that the Falcons are favored by three points? No, I didn't see this. Which obviously means the odds makers do uh, not believe, believe Todd Bowles that he's uh, going to play his starters. Okay. Because that's a crazy line yeah, otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Boy, um, that's, that's yeah. I'm not, yeah. Um, hmm. you got a lot to say about that one. Well, I'm just trying to figure out that's, that's, that's there's a no, gamer considering that they're playing a rookie quarterback. But they obviously think we're going to rest a bunch of guys. Right. There's no other way that line could be them as a three-point favorite. Well, maybe our backups are better than their starters. <laughs> I don't think I'd go that far. Well, um, one can hope. And then finally, before we get to fan questions, I guess the Hup family has a favorite new quarterback, huh? Yeah. Who? The Hup family. Oh. Because this all happened. Yeah. This all happened. Yeah. I got we you. didn't get to talk about this last week. No, right? we did not. We did not. Like did. It was on Friday, wasn't it? I don't know. Thursday. Thursday, because we had a press conference about it the next right, day. Right, right, right. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert and his two br- visiting brothers, who are from St. Louis, by the mm-hmm. way. They, yeah. uh, they all, or Blaine at least, went to Parkway West. I went to Parkway South. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't play on the phone. I'm team. glad we clarified that. Uh, they were in town, and he had them out on their uh, jet skis. Jet skis around yep. Davis Islands. It was a nice, a nice uh, late afternoon, uh, warm day. They had finally. two jet skis, so... The two brothers, I think the two brothers were on one, and he was, and he was on the other one. Yep. And they, they, he wanted to take him out by the yacht club, which, which is, is very pretty in Tampa. It sits on the bay. See a lot of ships. You see a lot of well, yeah. You see a lot of sailboats, and it, it's, it's a unique perspective of South Tampa from they, the water. They hear something, they turn around. It's pretty far away. Blaine thinks it looks like a crew boat, which I don't know what that is. Breaking up. Well, crew boat would be if you were rowing. Isn't that what it oh, is? Oh, okay. Like, is that what it is? I believe that's what it is because what he was seeing was the propellers, which are long. So okay. that's why I think that's why. That's he, what he meant. Okay. I think that that's sense. what that meant. That makes sense. I'm thinking that. It was actually a helicopter that crashed into the bay mm-hmm. with a pilot who was, there was a tour. Yeah. And a son, a son and his two parents. Yep. And uh, they got out. The, the son was the last to get out. He was trapped in there for a little bit. They mm-hmm. got out as the. Helicopter was rapidly sinking, but they were all alone. Yeah, I think they had two life jackets. But Blaine said they hadn't blown them up yet. Uh-huh. But they came over and rescued him. And Blaine called emergency services, and they apparently got there very quickly. Yeah, and he was very, very calm on yeah. the nine one one call too. Oh, you heard the nine one one? Yeah, they they had that. Uh, they released that. Um, yeah, I mean, right place, right time. That's and, what he said. And then <clears> I kind of. I said, I get that right place, right time, but not only right place, right time, but a guy that's big enough to pick you up and help you get on the, <laughs> the you know, because yeah. it's not easy getting on a jet ski if you're From in the, the water. water. Have you yeah. ever tried to get on one? No, I don't think so. It is. I've ridden them, but I don't think I've tried to get on yeah, one. Yeah, if you're, water. yeah, it is not easy to jump up in. Yeah, and, and so. I think the parents were in their 60s. Yeah. The mother was terrified. Mm-hmm. So. So anyway, uh. He, yeah. You're right. He said, and I think he's right. He's like, anybody here, they were in my situation, would have done the same thing. Sure. Two things can be true. I think that's true. I think I would have done that as well. I think you would have done that as well. Yeah. But you were the one there, and you still are a hero. Right. And you did it. And you did it. Yeah. You're a hero. Yeah. I, I, agree. I agree. And I know the Hup family must feel that way. Mm-hmm. So. 
They However, were... it was funny because the mom said uh, she thought she met Tom Brady because all she heard was it was a Buccaneer <laughs> quarterback. So I, they I, were at the game. Totally appreciate that. Did you see them at the game? I did not. I know they were there. They were on a pirate ship. Or the, uh, yeah. the the son and the father had playing Gabbard jerseys on, but the mom had a Brady jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot. Hey, she's loyal, you know. So nothing wrong with that. All right, get to fan get to fan questions. Okay, sounds like a plan. There's quite a few of them. All right. I'm just going to start from the newest ones this time. And then oh, I'll work your way that way. Huh? Work your way down. Okay. Okay, this is from Mike Cordell. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from Branford, Florida. We've I remember we, we've talked about this before. We figured out where Branford was. Okay. This is the, I think this is the only email I got that was sent after DeMar Hamlin was injured. Injured is a weird word yep. to use there. Yeah. The incident. First of all, best wishes and prayers for DeMar Hamlin and his family. It's a very tragic thing to see mm-hmm. and shows there's so much more than football. Yep. It showed how the NFL is a huge family with a lot of respect and compassion. Yeah. Hope, hope you make a full recovery, DeMar. That's nice. The Bucks sure don't, do know how to make things interesting. Down mm-hmm. 21-10 going into the fourth quarter, and Brady sprinkles his pixie dust on the field, <laughs> and it happens. <laughs> when their backs are up against the wall, they find a way. What better way to throw? There is a question here at the end. What better way to throw for 432 yards and three tutties? Oh. I hate that word. Not to mention a rushing one. Evans to have 207 with all three t- tutties. And Godwin to have – you know what? I'm going to just yeah. convert every tutty into touchdown. From okay, you go ahead. To have 120 in a shirt and hat game. That's Bruce Arians' phrase. Uh-huh. It wasn't all pretty, but for the first time in franchise history, we are back-to-back division champs. Yes. Okay, so Mike just gave us kind of a summary of what we've already talked about. So thank you. I know you're – here's the question. I know you're going to say it's because of the result. I'm saying this, but that isn't true. Before the 53-yard field goal attempt, I said, why are we going for this? Suckup has been great all year, and we won a lot because of him. But when it's fourth and two, why attempt a 53-yarder when the best he did in warm-ups is 52 yards? This season, he's two for seven over 50. If we go for the first down, even if we don't get it, the opponent would have worse starting field, field position. If we get the first down, even if the drive stalls, it's a much more automatic kick for him because it would be under 50. Just wondering what your thoughts are on this. Since you did, thanks for reading. Okay, he's kind of directing this yeah. at me, so why don't I take this? Yeah. I know he is He is trying to cut me off before I say it, that I'm going to say it. It you think it's a bad decision because it didn't work. Right. But I'm not. No, I don't think Because so. I didn't want us right. to kick there either. Right. I 100% agree with Mike on this one. I but, will say I, I agree with him also, but... And my reasoning for that is I was watching warm-ups on kicks, and 53 was not in the game plan that day. Okay. Todd said he was making them from that, but... but Yeah. Well, he's made them from that before. Yeah. You know. No, but Todd specifically said he made those in pregame, but maybe it was more like 51 or 52. Still, but... um, There's one thing here. There's only one thing here that I'll quibble with is that... um, Mike thinks it was fourth and two, but it was actually fourth and eleven. Right. I think we absolutely go for that if it's fourth and two. Yeah. Fourth and eleven is an extremely low percentage play. Although he is right that if you go for fourth and eleven, throw like an incompletion, then they get the ball at the uh, yeah at the th- thirty five instead of the forty five. Correct. So it's a decent point, but in this particular station situation, I also did not want us to kick a field goal. I honestly. Would have preferred a punt. Take get line up there. Well, yeah, I go out there. Saying. Maybe try to get him to to jump off sides and make it fourth and six, and then go for mm-hmm. it, or have a better field goal try. Right. And then if they don't, just take the 
take the delay penalty back up to the 40. And even if you hit a touchback there at the 20, you don't want it. You could pin him inside the 10. I know people don't like to punt. I don't either. Don't like to punt from the 35. But it's fourth and 11. Your kicker in recent weeks has not been making 50 yarders. Right. He made some earlier in the year. I remember this was a storyline. Seemed like his ability after last year not being there, his ability to hit 50 plus was back. But in recent weeks, he has not made them. Right. And they haven't been particularly close. Hmm. So, Mike, I agree with you. Sorry about that. So, no, I, no controversy uh, here. No, no. I like the fact that, uh, you know, he is thinking about that. Okay. This from Richard Teraoka. Ter- it kind of looks like how you spell karaoke, mm-hmm. but with, with T-E-R. A T. But I, I don't even – I think that's supposed to be pronounced karaoke anyway, right? Right. Everybody just – anyway, this guy's name is something like Teraoka. Okay. I probably just butchered that. He's from San Gabriel, California. Hello, salty ears. That's a new one. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's kind of, kind of like that. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. What a game to win the division with three exclamation points. Mike Evans – okay, I told you I'm going to convert this. Yeah. Mike Evans with three big touchdowns. Everybody's doing toddies, I don't huh? – uh, All right. For 207 yards was amazing to watch, and it got me thinking. How many times in team history – that a skilled player, wide receiver, running back, or tight end, have scored three touchdowns of 30 or yards or more in one game. If I'm not mistaken, Doug Martin had something like that against the Raiders in 2012, but I don't recall the yardage of each touchdown. Hope to hear your discussion on the next Salty Dogs podcast. Hope you all had a great holiday season. Go Bucks, Richard from San Gabriel, California. Where, uh, where am I going here, Jeff? I would say where, where am I going? you're going to the magic drawer. Going to the magic drawer. But I like how he brought up the Doug Martin thing. He was absolutely on the nose. Yeah. I was just going to say, I thought that was a that was in 2012, crazy game. Doug's rookie season. He's playing in his hometown of uh, um, Oakland. And he had four touchdowns, four touchdown runs. Yep. Uh, 45, 67, and 70, and then one. <laughs> so there's the only other time in team history that a player has had three touchdowns of 30 or more yards in the same game. Him and Mike, and that's it. The closest that anybody else got to that, well, a couple of them. Brashad Perryman against the Lions. Remember when he got hot at the end of 2019? Yep. He had 34, 25, and 25. So that's three over 25. Yeah. And then Keenan McCardle. Guess what game we're going to talk about now, Jeff? Uh, 1999. No, no. Keenan McCardle. He joined us in oh. two, 2002. What game? The what game, game? Yeah. Somehow or another, that game seems to Comes come up back to every freaking us. podcast episode. In the 38-35 overtime loss to mm. Indianapolis, in which Peyton Manning led the Colts back from three touchdowns down in the last five minutes, Keenan McCardle had a 74-yard reception touchdown yep. and a 57-yard fumble recovery touchdown. Remember that? I do. They had an interception, and the yeah. guy fumbled, and Keenan picked it up on the on the run and ran it in, and then a 15-yard reception. So he had two. So there have been 16 instances of a player having three or more touchdowns for the Bucks in a game, including four by Jimmy Giles against Miami in 85. Mm-hmm. Doug Martin we discussed, and Leonard Fournette last year in that indie game. I think it was two rush, two pass. Yeah, okay. So there's your answer on the nose. I like it. Mike averaged exactly 50 yards per recept- for, per touchdown reception. Good question, Richard. It's great. I hope you were not a last-time emailer. No. Okay. 
This right. is from Robert okay. Munster or Bobby Munster Bobby. in L.A. All right. I like I like I got a lot of West Coasters. I like it. I think we have one more from a West Coaster coming. Wow. I like it. He has in parentheses to start this exhales for the first time all season, which I guess is fair because you don't this game doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Never been more excited about eight and eight. <laughs> and is it just me? But it seems like the Bucks are trending up bigly. Mm. Uh, and then he, I guess, he points out the things that he like. Mike Evans Brady connection. Chris yep. Goblin balling out. Yep. With five plus receptions, and he mm-hmm. says fourteen games question mark. No, it's thirteen in a row. Right. Defense getting the stops when needed. The turnovers. Yeah. Ryan Jensen returning for the playoffs. I don't think that's necessarily no, necessarily going to be the case. No. And Jake Camarda's ridiculous heads up play. Great. Which we already discussed at length. Well, points well taken. The question, do you play or bench the starters? I'm really torn about yeah. this one. Well, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. I do think it's important to build on last game's momentum. Thoughts? I've already kind of stated where I feel. Well, I think, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm kind of prone into the, you play them I, and only because for whatever reason, I don't know. You remember, Colts? Uh, no, remember we were going to play Philadelphia yeah, yeah, the last yeah. game of the year. That and was then, 2001. And then the next year or the next year, the next game, we're going to play Philadelphia in Philadelphia for the playoff game. Mm-hmm. We did not play our starters. Mm-hmm. And I, just kind of felt like it was you're just we were and then we got demolished and we got yes yes so having experienced that i think it's one of those you know you play them because here's the question if you needed this game you wouldn't be asking that question now i think you brought up a good point that if a guy like julio jones has been battling a knee okay maybe we don't need to put julio in you know you know what i mean Mm -hmm. kind of go with, with with that and then as the game progresses, pick and choose and decide, you know, what you think is, is best at that point. But um, I you just uh, got distracted by something in the parking lot. Yeah, no, I, I just I say you go for it. I say you 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 play your guys and see. OK, where it we're goes. on the same page. I, yeah. I think you do, too. Yeah. I, I can get the argument of if it's going well enough or poorly enough at like halftime, maybe you pull some yeah. guys. You can't pull everybody. We already made that clear. No, and you end up, you know, now you have a three-game win streak. You're, I mean, just all these yeah. things. Plus, you're going into the playoffs with a winning record. You're not in a losing record, and everybody bemoans that. And oh, geez, you know, you shouldn't be able to get in there because you win your division. Which I believe, if you're in the division and you win it, no matter what your record I'm is, I 100 agree with that. You know, I saw Bill um, Cowher saying the same thing when somebody brought that up. On yeah, set. he's like, no, no, this is how it is. If you win your division, you get the prize. You got to play your division twice every game or every game every season. Right. So you're going to beat each other up. That's you know the norm. Um, so that being said, yeah, I, I um, you know, fingers crossed. Hopefully, uh, like I said, they score real quick and um, you can go from there. Okay, moving on. Um, our our buddy in Brazil, Alexander. We're okay. really running long, so I'm going to kind of. No, you're good. You're, we're, we're, we're not even at an hour and a half yet. I noticed. Okay. Ahoy, salty ones. Hope this finds you both well and extra happy. We all know that you love 1 p.m. home games, right? Mm. I noticed that you didn't give much stock at our division rivals draft position at this time of season when I talked about they them winning their last games. So with that in mind and knowing we play in Atlanta and host a playoff game seven days later, what would you do, rescue players or play them all against the Falcons? We already talked about yep, that. Yeah, we did. So his second question is for you. Mr. Ryan, does hosting a playoff game change anything in your preparation for the game? Yeah. Uh, 
No, you, you're a little more focused on, you know, trying to find those tidbits of uh, notes, uh, notes on who you're going to be against, you know, okay. uh, things in thing, everything uh, magnifies. Um, the only thing I have the, where I get into a scramble is I don't know until late. So I'm, I'm a day behind who we're playing, where we're playing, that type of thing. So right. there's a lot of logistics to go to that. The good news is we're playing at home. So I don't have to worry about a travel day. So that's good. Cool. So that's a plus. All right. I got and I and I like those issues uh, in in the playoffs. Three more. All right. From Michael Spala. Um, can't remember where he's from. Oh, Connecticut. Okay. Hey guys, I hope you both enjoyed the holidays. Christmas came late for the Bucks, but better late than never. I know you guys hate the talking heads on the AM sports shows. I do. I don't know if Jeff does. And I don't hate the guys specifically. I, I just yeah. hate the shows. Yeah. I don't listen to them, so I, I don't That's really That's what they am. do. There's nothing wrong with it. But I finally agree with one thing. Let me preface by saying that while Dan Orlovsky is a, I guess, Connecticut legend, he drives me absolutely nuts with his negativity about the Bucks and the constant look on his face whenever someone praises, praises them that's like he just smelled a fart. <laughs> That being said, he, he keeps hitting on one point that I've been agreeing with this season. The Bucks play so much better on offense with play action and hurry up. While I, while I know you can't run play action every down, we could run a lot more series in hurry up. Whenever the offense really needs a score, then run hurry up, and they run hurry up and seem to get it done. <clears throat> Why aren't they using this strategy on a larger percentage of drives? Yes, it is physically more demanding, but if they start a few games running it and build a lead, you can go back to grinding. It'd be nice not to have to play from behind, don't you agree? At least the games that have been interesting, at least the games have been interesting, but I don't know how much more stress I can take watching them. <laughs> My hair's getting pretty gray between the Bucks and having little kids this year. <laughs> I don't feel sorry for anybody with gray hair. <laughs> Just happy to have hair. I'm just happy my hair's still up. That's right. Let's just have a good old-fashioned beat down every now and then so we can relax and enjoy. Well, yeah. That would be great. (laughs) I do not think that. We've been doing this too long. We're answering the same thing at the same thing. (laughs) I do not think that the hurry-up is this magic fix. No, it's not. It's not. It's somewhat. For one thing, it's a little bit of a small sample size issue Mm -hmm. because we haven't done a ton of it. So you think, oh, here's Michaela with our books. It's official. Is we she going to tease us again? Yeah, it's official. We can almost. Boy, she's, we can, she's like we went wrong. We, we barely al- made it yeah, this time. We can almost. Uh, well, no, it's five o'clock. She's she does it right around five o'clock. All right. So she's right there. Um, uh, so yeah, just want to say small sample size. So mm-hmm. if we ran it all the time, you might find it doesn't work all the time. Right. And when it starts to not work, you're putting a lot of stress on your defense. Mm-hmm. It's kind of this whole. Build the whole plane out of black box material. Right. It's not really feasible. Right. There's only one team, and he's not saying this, so I'm, I'm building a straw man here. There's only one team that's ever done all hurry up, all no huddle for entire games for entire seasons, and that's the Bills and the K-Gun era. That's the only team. So it's clear there are positives and negatives to it because nobody does it all the time. Right. Nobody. Right. There's a lot of deep offensive geniuses in this league, and nobody does hurry up all the time. Yeah. He just wants us to do it more. I'll give you well, that. Well, I say that. The, 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 the hurry up is fun to watch, and it's exciting, and you feel like you you got to do it because that seems to be the only time that the Buccaneers have been able to really move the ball consistently. In some they, games. Yeah. When, As I pointed out earlier, all three of Mike's touchdowns were not hurry up or or play action. Right. Yeah. So there are many ways to succeed. Yes. Yes. Now, also, 
I think um, the defense plays you a little bit different when you go exactly. in, into the hurry up. And that's something that is not going to happen throughout a whole game. Especially because most of the times when you're in the hurry up, it's in when you're trying to make yeah. a late comeback. Yeah. That's why they're playing you differently. Right. So, yeah, I think uh, in all of that, I understand where he's coming from with yeah. that. And also, you know, about the talking heads and everything, they got a lot of time to fill, so they got to have a take. You know, whether they buy into it or not, once they once they go down that rabbit hole, they got to stay. But with don't it. don't also don't give up the idea that the Bucks might not do a little bit more, right? Of this because they've recently been running more play action and they're seeing the good results, so they're doing it more. Uh-huh. Maybe the same thing will happen here. Right. All right. Uh, right. This is from Philip Spencer, Phil from Spokane. Not yeah, Phil Philip Spencer from Spokane. Uh, salty ones. They did it. That was as thrilling a second half as I think I've seen in a long while. Yeah. I have two questions. With Mike's hat trick, it made me wonder which buck holds the record for most TDs in a single game. Also, has any buck had three longer TD receptions in a single game? So, great minds thinking alike here. Right. I actually feel kind of bad because chronologically, his question came in before the other guys. Oh. I've already answered that question. Yeah. Uh, but there's another one. Okay. Oh, by the way, um, the, the record is four. I think I already said it. Jimmy Giles, yep. Doug Martin, and Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Okay. Kamara's crazy running punt got me wondering, is the standard way teams punt the only allowable way to punt, or is a bootleg-style punt a legal play, and why do you guys think more teams wouldn't try it? I mean, I think we saw from yeah. there that it's a legal play. Yeah, it's legal, but a lot can go wrong. <laughs> and and here's the big difference, because you, you see those kicks in college where – they mm-hmm. they run a little right, bit. I yeah. think that's what he means by bootleg. Kick. Yes, that's what he means. The yes. difference is in college, every single player on the line, not just the gunners, can leave as soon as the ball is snapped. Oh, so that's it's a good point. it's a advantage to the punting team to have their punter take a little while to kick to get down there. In the NFL, you can't. So if you were going to try to run one of those, where you, I think that's what he means by bootleg. Yeah. So everybody and you run for a little bit of punt. Everybody has to stay and yeah. wait. Yeah. So you lose that advantage. Yeah. So. And I also don't think that even Jake Kamara would be as successful getting the ball deep with that sort of bootleg-style right. kick as he is the way he just normally yeah. punts. It's, it's just the difference between college and the NFL. Yeah, so many things could go wrong. Obviously, it's legal because he did not get flagged for nope. that kick. Nope. He got flagged for, for ineligible man downfield because you have to wait. But it's a, that's a great thing because you take a lot of time off the clock. So yeah. that, was, that was good. So, no, um, I don't think you're going to see no. NFL teams adopting different ways of punting. But it's a good question. It's it a good, a good observation, question. yes. I'm so glad the team battled back when it mattered most. We're in the dance, and everyone starts over, and we can get our shot at Lombardi, number three. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. Phil from Spokane. Thanks, okay. Phil. One more. All right. Uh, from Brian Uris. My Bucks dogs. <laughs> Saying country roads with my son and some random German tourists in Section 317 after a great win. He means this week, not in Germany. Uh-huh. Uh, Ray J was rocking more than any any other game this year with fan enthusiasm. Mm. Keep up the good work and shout out to Big Nasty for his dedication throughout the years. Nice work on the in-game video piece covering his past. Yeah. That's the uh, fan that got recognized as a Hall of Fame. Yes. Not necessarily for your podcast, but can you please forward this to someone who can make a difference? In the upper deck restrooms, they play audio of the TV feed. That is absurd. There are no TVs in the bathroom, and you cannot see the game. Why can we not hear Bucks radio in the restrooms like they did years ago? Seems like an easy common sense fix someone at the top can remedy. Uh-huh. What do you think, Jeff? 
Mm. Why, if they used to do Brooks Radio, why don't why do they do TV audio now? You know, the guy to ask this is probably Dan Roy. Yeah. Well, I'll ask Dan. No, they. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't. That's a Dan Roy question. That would be the first guy I would think of. I'll yeah. ask him in the stadium. But, oh. but if I'm not mistaken, in the stadium, you can get both. You can get the radio broadcast and the TV. But he's just talking audio. about what happens to be playing in the in the bathroom. Oh, um, that is a Dan Roy question. We'll, they we'll, we'll ask him. That. I'm not going to promise. We'll, we'll change a lot of times thing. it's a TV broadcast because they um, there's TVs in there. But he's saying there's not. There's not TVs in there. They're pumping in audio of the TV. Feed. In our in our bathrooms, I mean, TVs. I'm just taking him at his word. I thought there were the upper deck bathrooms. Oh, I have not been in the upper deck, so oh, well. uh, flex. But I know I, I haven't been to the upper deck. I haven't. I don't I, go I, up to the upper deck. I've with been the there, but I haven't sit there. I I don't know. That's I a would, good. That would, would be a Dan Roy question. I wouldn't want to mingle with the commoners. Oh, stop! stop. I, I just There's glad no one more common than me. <laughs> I'm just glad I happened to glance at my board where I had this. Um, left this message to myself remember last week mm -hmm. i didn't have the answer and somebody had asked um, because they'd seen a greg allman thing uh if because the bucks are now going to face six different starting quarterbacks in their six division games mm -hmm. has that ever happened before and uh and greg allman had asked the question and he wanted to know i didn't know the answer but i'm like i'm sure greg has answered that there's no way greg was going to stop until he had the answer yeah, to that question right so we saw him the next day of practice um. Sure enough, and he, I remembered. Sure enough, he had um, tweeted the answer, so he just called up the tweet. This happened to the Tennessee Titans in 2011. Yeah, they faced six different starting quarterbacks in their six. Did you see that? Did you see that um, stat where um, something like 64 quarterbacks yeah. have started? Yep. Yep. That's crazy when you think about that. For 32 teams. Yeah. That's an average of two per team. Yeah. An average. Yes. We're one of like only eight teams where the same guy started every game. Knock on wood. Good call, yep. Jeff. Good call. Yep. So, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. 2011 Tennessee Titans. First game against Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. uh, it was Luke Luke McCown. Yeah. Oh. Former Buccaneer okay. Luke McCown. Yep. Then they played, let's see, who else is in their division? Houston. Mm -hmm. First game against Houston was Matt Schaub. Wow. And then they played Indianapolis for the first time, and their mm -hmm. first their quarterback was... Luck. Curtis Painter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one <laughs> yeah. really rings a bell. Oh, huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Old CP, yeah. <laughs> and then way later in week 15, they play Indy again, and the quarterback is... That's crazy. Dan Orlovsky. Oh, yeah. How did he get mentioned twice in, yeah, in wow. a couple minutes? Now, I never saw that coming. Jacksonville Jaguars, they play them a second time, and their quarterback is mm. Blaine Gabbert. Yay, wow. <laughs> Jeez, everybody How forgets that, that Blaine was with Jacksonville. And then finally they play Houston a second time, and Houston's quarterback is Yates. Is that TJ Yates? Yeah. Wow. So how about that? That's crazy. Buccaneers will be joining you know, that exclusive club. You you speak of Jacksonville. I mean, they we can say this. Um, all of a sudden, they're having some success. Since they're, 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 you know, well, and Trevor Lawrence is 
become the star he's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. And and the Dolphins have gone mm. the opposite way. I think they've lost five in a row. And I was thinking, I was thinking, wow, there's a good chance that all three Florida teams are going to be in the, the playoffs. There's still a chance. For Jacksonville, yes. Jacksonville just has to win to get in. Miami needs help. Yes, and that's a, that's a hard and I go. believe they lost five in a row. Mm, they have, as a matter of fact. I do know that. So what are our six? It's in New Orleans was Jameis the first time mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, Andy Dalton. The second time. Yeah. Atlanta was Mariota. Now it's going to be Ritter. Correct. And Carolina was, was it, no, it was PJ. PJ. PJ Walker and now Sam Darnold. Right. So that's six, right. That's the number. Wow. Okay, one more quick one. Okay. No, I think that's actually it. Oh, is that it? That's it. This one was last week. All right. Very good. All right. We will uh, reconvene next, next, uh, next week. Hopefully with some good news all the way across the board. I mean, it's not going to be a disaster if we're talking about a loss. No. Especially if we rest, guys. But we're all hoping, and Todd has said that's not going to happen. So. Nope. And just remember, your books are in the playoffs. Playoffs. We are just trying to win again. And anything can happen. And it will. Since you did. Thanks for listening. <laughs>